0: Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hussle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Bailey, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Mascala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kapoku, and I'm down to dunk.
3: love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a to hog most of Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up?
0: well i had a terrible weekend andrew which ended up in a very terrible uh medical exam that i did two hours ago where i was basically testing for my vertigos and stuff like that Uh and i was still on this uh bed and at a certain point the doctor said can you turn while bending your legs and he said yes and i did that and he said Oh, I'm sorry. I used to have like much older people than you testing for this. So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> it made my Monday awesome. Oh, I, my I am gosh. apparently an 85 years old guy.
3: Oh, I <sighs> I can relate on just feeling terrible. I was sick last week. Had to hand the, the fry pod over to the other guys, which was, it was sensational. really funny, it's really sensational, ridiculous. I was listening the whole time because I had to keep the stream going. I'm like dying on the couch, listening, <laughs> um, dying of laughter and just like literally just felt like I was dying. Uh, mm-hmm. All good today, back and ready to go. And uh, somebody that's not back and ready to go is Shay Gildas Alexander, who... Uh, on a drive to the basket against the Pacers, stepped on Justin Holliday's foot. I guess Justin was like trying to tag in, and then uh, Shea stepped on his foot, rolled his ankle, and he is set to be reevaluated after the All Star break. Which, like the the ankle sprain looked bad. You know, yeah. it's not like it was like a small tweak or anything. Like it looks bad, but. This is, you know, the Thunder being cautious with their best player, making sure that he's 110% before he touches the court again. And uh, if you take a look at the schedule, you know, it's kind of an important stretch. That Indiana game was actually quite important to lose because it counts as two for the Thunder. And then they've got Portland twice in the next Mm -hmm. week. They've got Portland tonight in Oklahoma City. Then they go on the road for three games where they play in Dallas Wednesday. Friday, they play against Portland, in Portland. And then Saturday, second, I have a back-to-back, they have the Sacramento Kings. And it's pretty important to lose those games. Without Shea, the Thunder have been not good. Yeah. And they will tonight... I don't... This is interesting. So, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl was called up or called down, definitely called down, not up down to the blue to play. He probably is just now finishing a game with the Oklahoma city blue in downtown Oklahoma city. I don't know if he'll be recalled, called back up from being down Mm -hmm. to the thunder tonight. I don't know if he'll play tonight. Uh, I don't have any idea. Uh, Roby was called up from the blue to the Thunder this morning. He's hurt. He has an ankle injury. He will not play. He's inactive. I don't quite yeah. understand the calling up of inactive players, but that's okay. Whatever. doesn't really matter. Um, and then Favors yeah. is available to play tonight in OKC, which without JRE and Roby... I mean, Diakite was just given another 10 days, so he will play and then maybe favor sure. starts. Who knows, but I'll tell you all the little levers are being pulled right now. <laughs> the tank is on and you know, it's it comes at a pretty crucial time in the schedule because the Thunder, it's funny, the Thunder play their division rival, the Portland Trail Blazers four more times the rest yep. of the season. And we don't, the the Blazers could get in the tank race in the next couple of weeks. Like that's it's possible for them to at least get yeah. in the mix there. And if they beat the Thunder twice, <laughs> that will go a long way in keeping them out of the tank race.
0: Yeah, it's it's very confusing. It seemed like a couple of weeks ago, or or even a month ago. And I remember Alex bringing this up many many times. Hey, Portland is there? They yeah. They don't have to play game. Uh they have the perfect excuse. Just like rest them uh and you'll lose a crap ton of game. Uh nope, that didn't happen. They they are not winning, uh, but they are not losing enough. I think that they are already at twenty or more. Uh I don't remember how many wins they they have, twenty or twenty one. Um so that they, they are there is a big cushion between 21. them and OKC. Yeah. Twenty one. Huge yeah. cushion now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if you win two of them, then it starts to be a little bit less. By the way, JRE, uh, 26 minutes, uh, 8 out of, out of 12 from the field, 3 out of 6 from 3, 8 rebounds, uh, 21 points. Great.
3: Hey, great. great you know, that's awesome because that's what an NBA player does when they go to the G League is that they look better and they play well.
0: Why? Why? Why do you have to go there? It's It's time. It's not necessary. It's
3: time. Michele, it's time to discuss Poku. It's time. The time has come. Have you peeped Poku's G League stats? Yes. Yes, I did. So, not including today, which I don't have the box. Do you have the box score up for today? Yes. 4
0: out of 10. 0 out of 4 from 3. 1 out of 2 from a 3-point line. Plus 22. uh, 8 rebounds. 6 assists. 2 steals. 3 turnovers. 1 block. Not terrible.
3: That's about the best that it's been. Yeah, I know. The previous four games. Six points, six boards, four assists, three turnovers. Doesn't close the game for the Thunder. He doesn't close games for the Blue, by the way. I know. Four points, five boards, two assists, three turnovers. Six points, seven rebounds, three assists, four turnovers. Nine points, two rebounds, zero assists, four turnovers. Those are his last four games. Mm I am beginning to sound a miniature alarm bell about Poku mm. and his NBA. I know culture. the
0: alarm bell is on. Uh not sure how big it is.
3: That's a little um, one right the, now. He's still extremely young. It's yeah. not
0: like Do you want to be optimistic or not feel as sad? Do Seku Dumbuya, 17 minutes, 0 out of 5 from the field, no trees. He attempted three, minus 18, 3 rebounds, 3 fouls, 2 turnovers, 0 points.
3: Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and and another case of a guy taken that was just like, hey, really young. He's got physical tools. He's got actual tools, like both of them do. And it hasn't quite worked out for them. So yeah. the fact that Poku can't get it going in the G mm-hmm. League is concerning because players, and we'll, we'll talk about another Poku stat later in a little game I want to play. But you have to be able to score the basketball at 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 least some level of efficiency to stay in the NBA. Because if you don't, those guys either they don't play or they're just not in the league anymore. So it is it is time for Poku to get it in gear because the truth is the Thunder have a ton of picks coming their way in this next draft. Mm-hmm. They could have as many as four players coming onto the roster. Mm-hmm. And in which case there's room. There's room, baby. If you're <laughs> if you're worried about that they're not having room on this roster, there's room. And they're gonna have to find ways to create roster space in some ways over the course mm-hmm. of the next two years. And if Poku plays like this in the G League, he will be one of the players that they will find either another home for or something because uh so far it just hasn't worked out and one thing we need to keep perspective on is that it i feel like as a as a fan base like he's such a fun player to think about because he's so Mm -hmm. he can do so many things he's tall he can handle he can shoot he can do all these things all theoretically uh but we need to keep in mind, like, this is the 17th pick in the draft. <laughs> he wasn't the yep. seventh pick in the draft. Uh, and for the most part, if you're pick 17th, the odds of you becoming a starting level player are probably not, not like right. 5% or less.
0: Yeah, and that's where I think the way in which um, OKC, or the way in which Poku wants to play, um it's not conductive to him being a functional nba player as of today yeah uh, we were discussing um the fact that Poku was finding a rhythm in being consistent not too good not too bad mm-hmm. doing the right plays. i think that it's it's weird but boxing in Poku a little bit right now may may do him good in the future like sure. There are many players. Uh, think about we, we always make the same example, but think about Jeremy Grant. Grant was a mm-hmm. player. Even Joe Ingles. Take Joe Ingles. Ingles was a player that in Europe uh, wanted to do everything with the basketball. Mm-hmm. And in Utah, is a shooter, sometimes a pick and roll player and a ball mover and plays defense. That's it. This was not Joe Ingles. He... I mean, the first versions of, of Ingalls in the NBA did not work because of that. He was trying to do too much and he could do it in Europe, not in the, in the league. And, and then he changed. Uh, he focused on different things. So maybe this is just Pokushevsky not being able to physically withstand the toll that the league asks. Sure. And wanting to do stuff that he's not great at more than hey I'm doing this. And I, I love the question that you asked to to Mark about Ludor, because this is very good uh NBA thinking and basketball thinking in general. Yeah. The fact that you don't want you don't want to take away like the aggressive nature of these players because yeah. you are you risk to have them too passive. And I think that one of the reasons why Pogoszewski was reassigned to the G League is to find a little bit of that aggressiveness back because he was playing passive. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I mean, there is a, a, a tiny balance where you are aggressive on the things that you know you are good at, and you pass away the things that you are not good at. Yeah. And this is not being passive, this is being mindful. And and probably, and then I'll I'll shut up because I'm, <laughs> I'm mumbling from too too long, um, basically uh, against Indiana, he was perfect. Yeah, he's good. He, not good perfect for us all the, the, he made zero mistakes and
3: he was very very helpful on well, the court i, I know mean, that the, the zero mistakes is not correct
0: but no, no 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 close to no zero mistakes he missed a few things but it, those were good you're choices. talking about defensively no no in general in general
3: i mean the last play of the game was a mistake yes you should have done that yeah
0: Okay, one mistake.
3: Okay, that's a, <laughs> that's the one. Okay, I'm just making sure we're yeah. on the same page.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That that was a mistake. Um, but you see, I mean, yes, he made one mistake in that good direction, though. Because oh, basically, I
3: want him to make uh, make that mistake. I I could not believe it, McKelly, watching that live, that the ball didn't go in the basket. It was four on one. He should have yeah. just dunked it. Okay, fine. You shuffle it off to somebody else, Mike Muscala. Mike yeah. Muscala missed the go-ahead shot <laughs> to win yeah, the game. Unbelievable! unbelievable. It, that yeah. wasn't. I mean, I was. You know i I shouldn't get so excited for a miss like that, but I will tell you that I, I did because it did look like the Thunder were going to go on to win that game after Lou hit those two threes in overtime. I thought, oh boy,
0: yeah. Yeah, the overtime that we all deserved. But anyway, say that man makes the basket, then it's hey, hey. basically gave up the ball. He made the right sure. pass. Uh, I still don't think yeah. it was
3: the right pass. I think no, 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 no. Was... It was
0: too, too, too tight. Too yeah. tight of a window. um you know, But apart from that, I mean, he played great, and he played within himself, within the things that makes him a good basketball player. Sure, like leaving away the things that doesn't that don't make him a, a good basketball player and so with pokushevsky i think that um, it's too early to say because he he's not able to find that balance yet yeah and i think that there is he's much younger uh than than other prospects and and so he he can still work yeah. now at the beginning of this season i had in my mind hey maybe this is the year where Tokushaski blossom into something and dramatically changes the outcome of OKC's tanking. Probably that is not going to
3: happen. I mean it's not going to happen. He can't yeah. he can't blossom and change the outlook of the Oklahoma City Blue right now. Yep. Yeah. You know, he's not going to come back to the Thunder and dramatically change anything except for maybe yeah. the tanking odds and them losing games like it's
0: Hey, have you checked the OKC offensive defensive rating since Poku was assigned to the G League?
3: You think it's all Poku?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but sometimes I don't love uh, Poku. Like, listen. Do, do we really like, have to discuss casualty casuality with, with numbers? I mean, can we just say, "Hey, Poku went to the G League, therefore, uh, OKC ha- has a bad defensive rating." Now. Hey,
3: I I like Poku. I want Poku I want it to work. I want it. Yeah. I want superstar Poku to be a thing. I, I think everybody does, uh, but at some point we just have to talk about it. You know, we just have to talk about what's really happening in front of our eyes, and it's not been great. So uh, I will. We'll leave it at that. Uh, let's let's talk about you know what this team will look like, you know, over the next couple of weeks without Shea. You know, mm-hmm. Shea is carrying a bulk of the load offensively for this team and with the, the worst offensive team in the NBA. Shea mm-hmm. is carrying it. And now he's not there. Where does the usage go? And I think a lot of people hope that it will go in the hands of Josh Giddy, who has played, like he's almost averaged a triple-double when Shea's been out. Mm-hmm. You know, the few games that he was earlier this season when Josh played. And like I think it bodes well for for Josh's stats. I think that he'll get some of the load. I think that a lot of people, uh, including both people on this podcast, hope that Trey Mann will up his usage over (laughs) the the next couple weeks. And then, obviously, Lou Dort is going to be like the one to carry a lot of this. I mean, Shea almost has a 30% usage rate. Mm-hmm. And then next, you have Lou at 22. You have Josh at 21. Baisley at 17. And then all the way down. Trey Mann's usage is 19. Uh, so you just hope that Trey will get a big bump. I think Lou will get a bump no matter what. And then that Josh. You really just kind of hope that you get to see a lot of like, what does this team look like? If, if let's say they just had this absolute clean slate And Josh was like their first pick. Like, what would it look like? And a lot of people question, like, what does – you know, Josh probably doesn't have a a realistic chance to win rookie of the year just because guys like Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham have just been unbelievable. Scotty Barnes Mm -hmm. as well. Like, those, those three guys have been so, so good that it overshadows what Josh has done. But Josh has been really, really good. And I think we're going to now see the chance that those other guys have really um, yeah. to shine. What Josh. Well, maybe would look not like.
0: Mobley or Barnes, um, but those are players that yeah, but, can shine in different situations. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, the,
3: like, Mobley's in the perfect situation for him to shine because yeah. he he gets to do the things that he's great at, which is like defensive versatility. He gets to still score on the interior, he's still developing as a scorer. You know, Mobile's Uh been really good, but there's still like a lot of development with his skill game going on. And then Barnes, I I think Barnes is going to thrive as like a winner in this league and he's going to help his team win. And he's going to, he scores the basketball opportunistically and he's just a defensive menace. And then, you know, Cade, I mean, Cade is kind of starting to do what he did at Oklahoma State where, kind of picks his spots throughout a game and then just, just destroys in the closing moments of the game, um, which is like maybe good news for Thunder fans that want the Thunder to have better odds. I don't know. They can catch Detroit, but it's certainly not completely impossible.
0: Yeah, they're not that far.
3: Okay, So, um, but anyways, I, I'm just excited to see what Josh can do starting tonight, you know, the point guard the primary guy i hope that he gets the chance and that we don't see a lot of like lou setting up the offense
0: no i don't think that that will happen uh, to be honest with you and i hope that um coach signal decides to like mean, to go and and put shooting alongside key i hope that the first unit is um giddy man Dort. um Probably Wiggins. Wiggins. And, yeah. and and favors. That is probably going it's to be. Probably. And I just Yeah, I just hope that for some wild reason Dignal decides to go as the first sub off the bench basically and see this lineup which is I don't know, crazy high energy. And then you put Kenrich in and you play this hey, uh start like, position. That,
3: start base. Oh, he's, I would
0: be. He's all been starting in for that. Him.
3: He's been starting him. He's starting him at center and spots. Like what? Are you?
0: Center? No, with JRE. That 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 doesn't. Well, JRE even count. isn't at
3: the blue. And maybe maybe no JRE no JRE doesn't. Play. That's why I'm
0: saying. I mean, he started Basley, but with JRE oh, on the court. I got, I got you. I got you. I, I yeah. don't want that. So if you starting if with Wiggins,
3: just play crazy small. Just.
0: Yeah, up, no, I would love that.
3: Up the pace a little bit, because the Thunder are at like seventeenth. They've been hovering like fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth in pace all season. They're yeah. just like kind of just this average pace team. Like let's let's up it. Let's get as many possessions as you can out there. Let's just let's see what Josh can do, just kind of freestyling, you know, throwing yeah. the ball around to these guys who are gonna brick a lot of shots, but like like give them a yeah, big Give
0: Trey Man nine trees. This this should be a goal. Like give hey. nine to ten trees to Trey man. Um, yes. I
3: mean,
0: that I want to see that.
3: Yes, yeah, I'd love to for them to create opportunities for Trey like that, and for them to create just like this big opportunity for Josh to showcase what he can do. Because I I do think that there's a chance that we look up after these last two weeks and we see that Josh is averaging you know 15 points, 10 boards, eight and a half assists per game. And people are like, whoa. I see what this guy's doing in OKC, like that's quite impressive. Um, let's uh, let's take a quick break and then I'm going to play a game that involves some of these numbers. So we'll be right back. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, You're looking in the wrong place on LinkedIn. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
2: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to Michelob ultra.com slash courtside to learn more. And
3: we're back from that quick break. Can I
0: hijack the part a little bit? Oh yeah. for Just just one second.
3: Yes, go ahead.
0: Suppose that Shay stays away for 10 games.
3: Yeah, that's what he's that's that's between now and the all-star break is 10 games.
0: Yeah say 15 a little bit more okay. like a good chunk of games where you can actually and giddy giddy averages 17 plus i don't know something crazy well is there a crazy number that will make you say hey the coaching staff should really think about um putting Shay off the ball a lot more because this is what i want to see uh Hmm. primarily not saying that he, that shade doesn't have the usage is that Giddy initiates period. And shade starts in an off guard position mm-hmm. primarily as a spacer first and then isolation player later.
3: I think it'll be, I think the numbers will matter, but I think it may be more of like a feel thing and just see how the offense looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know. There's a chance that I feel like that already. <laughs> Honestly, you know, um, I don't okay. know. It's it's still a clunky fit between the two, and them trying to figure it out. I still I still think them figuring it out with this team is going to be impossible. I think them figuring it out when they have shooting on the roster will be like mm-hmm. the real test. As to and if, they
0: are working they on it. Work. By the way, oh, and you can I, clearly see.
3: Yeah, they're working on it still. The very worst offense in the NBA, <laughs> like, and a lot of it is the talent yeah. gap, and and there's nothing you can do about that, and they're not going to do anything at the trade deadline to narrow the talent gap. They might do something to actually make it go further, you know, playing more Diakite minutes. And I love Mamadi. I like. I think he's awesome as a person. I just don't think that playing him out there is going to make a huge difference for the offense. Uh, okay, let's talk about some numbers I've been I was on Stathead over the past couple of days just kind of looking up just some outlier stats and some of the players on the thunder and just some some cool stuff so I wanted to just talk about numbers and numbers are factual it's something that you're passionate about something that I love to uh they they just are what they are but I want to talk about how these numbers make you feel. Okay, so you got to give okay. me give me something, give me a feeling that you've got when you when you hear these stats. So uh, right now, Josh Giddey is currently on pace to eclipse 500 assists and 600 rebounds for his rookie season. The only two players to ever do that in NBA history: Oscar Robertson and Ben Simmons. How does this make you feel, McKelly?
0: I was thinking about that yesterday when i was scrolling to your tweets or early this morning i don't remember um it makes me feel great to be honest with you because i mean ben simmons is an all-nba guy and robertson is robertson so i mean how can he i mean even if like giddy makes has the same career path of ben simmons And in six years, is not playing in OKC because he wants to go somewhere else, which is like a terrible ending. Yeah, I would, I would love that. I mean, (laughs) it means that you had an All NBA season for a guy that was picked number six. This is remarkably rare.
3: Remarkably rare. Let's take, let's take it. Let's keep taking this further because, like, the more I dug into these stats, the more I became convinced that, like. Giddy actually could be a star. Like he actually could yep. be. Giddy has a chance to eclipse a thousand points, and I think that this stretch will actually push him toward that. He's gonna get more <laughs> shots, he's gonna have more chance. If he if he gets over a thousand points and over five hundred assists, only twenty-one rookies in the history of the NBA have done that, according to Stathead. Uh, Chris Paul, Ben Simmons, Damian Lillard, Derek Rose. Trey Young, John Wall, those are the those are the active players that did that their rookie seasons. Like that's the list mm-hmm. of guys that have done that. Uh, I don't see a player, an outlier player there. There's like Joe Ingles isn't on that list. Like everybody wants to find the comp. Everybody says it's uh, Joe Ingles or it's Kyle Anderson or it's guys like that. Like no 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 no. Like you have missed it if you think that just because he's tall and a little bit slower that he's one of those guys like you have completely missed the mark. And I'm not saying that he's going to necessarily be on the level of these guys, but I can tell you it's only this level of guy that have done what he's doing.
0: Yeah. And allow me to, to use one of the comments, not to, uh, to blast James Anderson, who says even with these stats, he needs to be able to shoot. I don't think so like he can be an all-star without a shot like he can be um he's better as a passer than than a guy like Draymond green uh he's not as good as a defender he's much much better in playing in space uh, in general i mean he can be an all-star with only the skills that he has right now i would put this in a different way like if giddy finds a way to be a league average shooter he will be a star period i have no doubts in my mind like he is so gifted as a passer and he's not bad at defense he's not great but he's not bad at defense uh he has size he knows how to play he is already a very good finisher especially when he plays in space if you put the right team around him he can be an all-star even without the shot Mm. but if he is able to to take pull-ups i i don't I don't think that, but if he's able to be uh 35% on above the break tree, sorry, on top of the key trees and corner trees. That yeah. is all he needs to be amazing. So so yeah, I, I agree. I mean that that list I mean that list tells you something. Now it can be that no player of Giddy's talent um, with this passing acumen was able to to have as many possessions as he has. But he plays with two very high usage guys. This is something that really makes his number pop because yep. Lou Dort is at 22, 23, you said, percent usage. Yeah, Shea he's is at 30. third in usage,
3: yeah, third.
0: Yeah, so it's not that he has all the possessions in the world to do that. Yeah, this and isn't doing Michael doing Carter anyway.
3: Williams doing it for the Sixers, which... MCW is like close to making this list, but didn't make it. So we just don't even include him. But MCW, like, literally had everything. They just said, just t- take it all, take, take yeah. all the stats. And that's not necessarily the case with what's happening here with Josh. And I'm talking about a long history of the NBA like 60 rookies coming in the league, 60 plus rookies coming in the league every single year for 60 years. And it's been done twenty-one times. Like this is where we have to really stop and think a little bit. Like, yeah. and we want to talk about the shooting and stuff. Like, he's not even doesn't even have the worst effective field goal percentage of the guys on this list.
0: Yeah, because he's a very good finisher.
3: So, I. So I, I think that there there's real opportunity for him to be a star. And then right now, uh, only seven players this season have at least 250 assists and 300 rebounds. And the list is Jokic, Harden, DeJounte Murray, LaMelo, Luka, Russell Westbrook, and Josh Giddy. That's it. Those yeah. are the only players that have done that. And all those other guys have the scoring piece that Josh doesn't have yet. Josh is mm-hmm. 19. And it's not like he's inept at scoring. No. I mean, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, this is not, you know, early Ricky Rubio. This is not... I mean, I think that there's something there with him. And I just... I don't know. No one else has put up these numbers and been unsuccessful. Or a guy that hasn't, yeah. like, at least approached making all-star games and stuff like that. It's... The the stuff he's doing is is remarkable and... It should be recognized as so. Um, I just kind of opened my eyes up a little bit just comparing what he's done uh, to other guys. And it's just, it, it really is, really is like something that Thunder fans should be excited about.
0: Yeah. And, and if, I mean, it makes you wonder how great he could be with a team that is tailor made for him. Like, think about Jokic and put no shooting around him yeah that makes his game still beautiful still amazing but less effective and so this is probably the worst spacing with which giddy will play uh or at least these two years this one and the next yeah. will probably be the worst in terms of spacing because like they have to put shooting around those guys you they and just have the, and to
3: there will be sh- their shooting available I've been watching a lot more college. I've just been on synergy a lot lately and watching some guys and there's some players in this draft that you could slide in to the thunder starting lineup that would change things pretty dramatically yeah. in the way that they play. So it's, I would feel very encouraged that the thunder have gotten a guy that is able to do this. Uh, okay. Next stat those are my giddy stats. Those should make us all feel very giddy about giddy. It's just on I it's just kinda of, it kinda of blows my mind when I kept running those filters and seeing like, oh, it's seven guys. Oh, it's twenty-one guys, you know, in the past sixty years or whatever. It's like oh, this is insane. Uh, okay. Only six players have taken at least two hundred and seventy-five free throws this season. Here's the list. Giannis Embiid, Demar Derozan, Trey Young, James Harden, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yep. Now we've always talked about how like the the missing piece with Shea in the past had been the free throw line. Well, he's figured that out, and now he actually like there's another hole in the ship right now, and it's his three point shot. But if he can ever plug both of those holes at the same time, then I think that. Not only do I think the Thunder have a st- upcoming star in Giddy, I think that they have a current star in Shea. And it's like that's not like it's like breaking news. The Thunder have a really good player, Shea, Shea Gildas Alexander, but the fact that he can get to the free throw line with the new rules in place, and now things have changed since the very beginning of the season with how they call games. But still, to be able to get to the free throw line is like is like one of the boxes like in the superstar you know, checklist. One of Mm -hmm. them is free throw line, especially if you're either a big man like Embiid or Giannis, or if you're playing from the, a offensive creator standpoint, like Trey young and James Harden, like Shay is up there with them right now in terms of creation. And I, that was another number that got me honestly, like really excited for what the thunder have.
0: Can I, Amp this a little bit more. Amp it. So, OKC's starting unit has a 13.5 free throw rate. Um, can you guess the number when Muscala and Kenrich Williams play alongside Gilles, Shea Giggs-Alexander? Uh,
3: 20? <laughs> that is 30. No.
0: Yes, not his, the the uh, lineup's the in lineup. general. So it, but it yeah. is
3: him, large. I mean, it is him. Like well, let's, let's yes
0: let's place just muscala as the um, uh, on court and not Kenrich, so you don't have um, all all the good things and also some bad 23.8 yeah um so give the guy spacing and that he would be top of the league
3: so i'm talking that, about like that that that's like that's like the key that unlocks it right yeah like the shea and giddy stuff It hasn't worked great. Obviously, the offense has been terrible. I mean, putrid. You had two shooters that people care about. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. Is like Dort hit some amazing shots against the Pacers and played really well. The Pacers still mostly didn't care (laughs) that that he was shooting it. Yeah. And add in, give me one or two guys over the next two years, Hopefully, give me two guys that the other teams will care about on the offensive end, and then like you're really cooking with something there with this group. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and if you pair like uh, I'm cleaning the glass, if you have all the lineups with uh, Shea, Giddy, and Muscala, twenty five point eight free throw rate, one hundred twenty five point six points per possession. um, This is the recipe. Like you can play those two guys and have successful offense as long as you have shooting around. And it's very simple. I know that finding very, very good players that are um, defensively capable and that can hit a shot is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, But this is the mission. Like the mission is, hey, draft high, draft a guy that fits because you really need that. If you have that, if you can pick a guy that will just take the top of the key trees like muscala doesn't really take fancy trees he's just take he takes pick and pops yeah and make and make them
3: this is kind of why i'm becoming a little infatuated with aj griffin out of duke
0: yeah i was i thought that you were mentioning chat that he's shooting lights out over the past 10 games
3: yeah i mean i love chat i almost like hesitate to talk about the guys at the tip top of the draft a little bit because i don't Mm want to to take a uh, a phrase from the thursday pot i don't want to put all my eggs in a basket that i don't have access to um
0: yeah it's that's true i mean
3: um aj griffin though he's such an interesting player we can take a quick detour to talk about him because mm-hmm. he has the tools to be a knockdown shooter at the next level and hoopstock 69 puts us in the chat that his base is too wide. He's like the, he's the antithesis of Josh Giddey's like three point stance because yeah. Josh Giddy's knees are like touching when he's shooting the basketball. Yeah. AJ Griffin's knees are three feet apart <laughs> when he's shooting the basketball. Yeah. I mean, Maybe they're incredibly more. wide. How do you, what do you think about that jump shot stance? It goes in like, obviously yeah. it's not hindering him, but it is, uh unconventional would definitely be the word
0: yeah i mean um unfortunately with nba basketball you can't rely on hey it just it goes in so you don't fix something that is broke that is not broken um i think that there are like problem problems plural with this shot uh the white base is one yeah. um the upper part is um okay in terms of i think the leather part of the shot where where you basically do your follow through that is not bad uh, but it's not very quick so i think that if you if you think about a shooter of the catch then it doesn't it doesn't bother me too much Mm -hmm. but if you want to discuss like a shooter on the move which again is something that okc needs needs a lot and needs to search and find because it's crucial then i don't see that as of today um but it, it is going in um and in the upper part which is the most important one uh is is not bad yeah. the lower again uh i don't trust that to 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 remain because you in the end um the form is important mm. you have to be you have to be it's not essential but it's important and and I don't think there is a need for him to have such a large base and so I think that they can work to reduce it uh, a little yeah. bit uh, maybe not like changing entirely there are players that that, that likes to have the um, the legs a little bit more spread than others um it's not really problematic it's just I mean to me it can lead to um constraints in terms of which, which kind of shots you can take and which one you cannot.
3: Yeah. Jump shots in the half court for AJ Griffin, 1.35 points per possession this season.
0: Yeah. He's going in at a very high rate.
3: Like his explosive athleticism is overblown. He's not an explosive athlete. He's not. And I, I do worry about him defensively a little bit because he certainly has the body that you want in a, in a player but the activity that he plays with on the defensive end is n- not quite there. I think he's got the tools to to be a good defender. Uh, this whole Duke team is kind of weird on the defensive end, honestly. Like you watch Boncaro on the defensive end, and there's like there's there's too many n- no armed closeouts from Boncaro that I'm just like like what is, like what's going on here. And it's just a little bit too easy to screen A.J. Griffin out of a ski, out of, um, out of a play like the, but I don't want those things to, to like get my eye off the ball here. Like I want somebody, like I want somebody on the wing that people care about. And I think people will care about A.J. Griffin at, at the pro level, um, whether he cleans up his stance or not, I think that he, it might just be a weird thing that he does because he's not—he's hitting deep threes too. You know? Yeah,
0: the deep is not the issue. Uh, the point is when you reach the NBA level, the closeouts are much faster. Sure. Than the NBA level, I remember the shot is um,
3: crazy slow.
0: No, it's not crazy slow, but you have to when when like if you look at Curry. I know that I'm taking the best of the best as an example, <laughs> but he, yeah. he, the, the he is perfect. The form yeah. is perfect. The yeah. amount of time that he spends with his feet on the ground is mm. limited, very limited, yeah. and this allows him to be to take any shot. Now, uh, even Dort is slow for NBA standards. He cannot take every single tree, and if you look at the trees that he takes with space and not with and with less space. It affects the percentage so much. That is, this is what what I have in my mind when I say, when I say, it it basically limits it constrains the amount of trees that you can successfully take. Mm-hmm. Like if you are if you are a tad slow and that kind of wide base and even the upper part, like the cl- the close up will be there mm-hmm. much faster than the, the college level. Trey Man is still adjusting to that right now.
3: He he um, yeah, and he admittedly was like almost scared i don't want to say that word i'll say it, but almost that to shoot it when he first when he first started playing in the n uh, yep. b a uh because of the closeouts <laughs> and even in practice they were talking about how oh, still I, adjusts. Uh, I can,
0: I, yeah i mean I can clearly see in my head basically swatting trey man a couple of times he's doing yeah. it with with good guys, so that to me is the part where um there are shooters in, in, at college level. You can you can see immediately, hey, that guy will shoot it. Yeah. I, I have no doubts, no matter who is defending him, no matter, like he's going to. Yeah. Uh, because the timing is off or is different or because they are very quick with AJ Griffin, it is going in, mm-hmm. which is very good. Um, if it keeps going in like this, uh, I think that he will be able to clean it up because in the end, if you are a great shooter, and you have a defect in your motion, you are more likely to clean it up than not.
3: Yeah. I mean, I hope that they have the opportunity to take Chet in this draft. However, like there, there are some guys in this draft that I think can help. Chet,
0: Chet is taking pull-ups.
3: Chet is unbelievable, man. Like he, yeah. I do believe he should be the number one pick. Like the more I've I have yet of to him, do my
0: deep dive, but, the, but I'm
3: the more I've watched of him, the flu, his, he's pretty fluid and <laughs> his shot blocking and activity and the ferocity and the shot making, uh, I would have a really hard time not taking him number one. Um, Jabari is really interesting and, and would be perfect for this team in a lot of ways. Um, there's some very interesting players for, when we talk about fit, specifically for Oklahoma City, there's, man, there there are some interesting, interesting guys in this draft. Uh, okay, let's go back to the stats game. Uh, before we do that, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
3: and we're back from our last break. Uh, let's go to a stat that is near and dear to your heart, Michele. Uh, Lou Dort Mm -hmm. has taken 327 three-point shots this season. Only 19 players in the NBA have taken that many threes this year. Uh, only two of them are shooting worse than Lou Dort from three, and that's Reggie Jackson and Jordan Clarkson. How does this make you feel?
0: (sighs) Not great, but I I kind of know where he is in terms of efficiency. And those two names do not surprise me at all. Uh, They are, they should be bench players. Um, Dort has the possibility to be a guy that comes off the bench, Mm. defends very, very hard, very well, and guns a little bit. Because, hey, if he defends like crazy and plays 20 minutes and he wants to take five trees, good. Good not great but uh okay i can survive um i still i still have in my mind uh what we discussed the last two podcasts probably yeah there are things that makes me believe that dort can be better than this but he has to like that number has to come down um because there are there are other options uh it it doesn't have to end up in a tree all the time Mm -hmm. and it has and he he needs to be better defensively. He needs to be, um, like he was against Karis Levert against the real guy, not Karis Levert. I yeah. want to see that. He has to go back there. He, but but he in general, he does not shut down Karis me. Levert.
3: He did make Karis Levert's night Great. almost impossible.
0: Two picks worthy Karis Levert. No one will ever.
3: <laughs> it's at least good that he can do that, though.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, clearly.
3: <laughs> wow. Oh my.
0: It would would be worse if he didn't
3: a hater. Oh, not that hater, but you're Josh It's
0: Cars Levert, it's not KD. I mean, had he done nobody shuts down KD. I know. Uh, The only person that shuts down
3: KD is Draymond Green on his cell phone. Anthony
0: Edwards. Like, give me someone that is like a a desirable basketball player. (laughs) If he shuts down Anthony Edwards, great. Okay. He smoked him by the way.
3: Ant is smoking everybody this year, though.
0: You always say that.
3: The he not smoking this year? He's been been great.
0: I know, but I want my lockdown guy to be able not to be smoked.
3: Okay. All right. Uh, Speaking of smoked, three players in the NBA have taken at least 175 shots this year and shot 36% or worse. Three. (laughs) Armani Brooks, he plays for the Houston Rockets. He actually played yeah. in that game that the Rockets won in OKC, which is a beautiful, beautiful game. You should go rewatch it. It should go in the uh, the tanking archives for the Thunder yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Killian Hayes for the Detroit Pistons, who has been so putrid. Like He, <laughs> he, he, he makes me actively dislike basketball watching him play. And then... <clears throat> our guy poku is one of the 3 how does this make you feel mckelly um
0: uh, well can't be really too much worse than this so uh, hopeful for the future <laughs> nowhere to go but up <laughs> exactly exactly actually there is kind of like he can go down um, a bit more, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Poku is so inefficient. Uh, yeah. But hey, buckle up. Basley was very inefficient a couple of months ago, and he is still inefficient, but not as inefficient. So maybe he will be better.
3: Maybe. I hope he is. Uh, can right.
0: we merge? The, it's not that if we add the G League status, doing anything better, right? No. It's actually no. the same.
3: It's it's bad. It's, yeah. it's, you don't want any part of any of it, honestly. Like, let's just stay away from all of it. Uh, yeah. Not uh, even the
0: counting stats, like assists. He's has Can more turno- he has more
3: turnovers than assists. Yeah. He does. He had a th- like a four turnover game with zero assists. There's nothing. There's nothing there yet, and maybe, it's sad. maybe we need to table Poku until there's something more positive to talk about with Poku. Yeah. So. We might have to do that. We, we've tabled Baisley for a while. I wouldn't even say his name on the pod. Um, yeah, that worked. Here's a reason to say Baisley's name on the pod. Only 13 players this season have at least 30 steals and 50 blocks. Here's the list. Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Jared Allen, Embiid, Time Lord Robert Williams, Carl Anthony Towns, John Collins, Clint Capella, Evan Mobley, Anthony Davis, Uh, Triple J, Robert Covington, and Darius Baisley. How does this make you feel?
0: I think that he has a role. This is how he makes me feel. I think that that version of Baisley, the guy who goes 100 miles on defense, plays hard, blocks everything, and and is just a menace uh, down there can be helpful. He just needs to be a little bit consistent on offense, but there is a player there. There is an eighth guy like eighth or ninth guy on a good team kind of guy that you can play. Um, if you again, if he becomes even remotely reliable, like on offense where you don't have to just guess and see and 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 just hope that he has a good night then I think that that player is helpful. Mm. Uh, it's definitely helpful, especially if he plays like a big man, um, like center in specific lineups and or with guys that can really shoot it yeah. at the center position. I really think that basically should be a center, period.
3: I don't disagree. And that stat made me feel a lot more hopeful for, for Darius and his career because there's not that many guys doing it. This year, yeah, you know, from good teams, bad teams, whatever. It's a list of only good players. Like, who's like the who's the second worst player? Like, obviously, Bays is the worst player on the list. Like, that's there's no question there. But like, who's next on that list? Where you're like, yeah, I don't know about that guy. Is it is it Robert Williams? It's probably the next guy. Yeah, but he's still like a productive player.
0: He's not a bad player.
3: I actually really like him. I think he's super good. And like if the Thunder had him, I would be really happy <laughs> that they had him. I think he's a good player. Robert Covington? like What if Darius yeah, yeah. Baisley was like the Robert Covington? Because Covington has been exposed a little bit over the last couple seasons in that yeah. he's not the defender that everybody thinks he is. And that's okay. He's still like a good player. He, now, Baisley just has to hit the corner three. If like basically could be Covington like mm-hmm. that, the type of player isn't dissimilar. He's more athletic than Covington. He just yeah. has to be. Con- and I think it comes down to like contentment with what you yeah. are. Like, are you yeah. content being a disruptive defender that takes only corner threes and open lanes? If you're content being that, Robert Covington is going to play in the NBA for a long time and is going to make a lot of money. He's not a superstar.
0: He made money, like good money.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're not a superstar, but you're a player that sticks around. I mean, the Blazers had to spend two first-round picks to get Robert Covington onto their team.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you pick that guy with pick number 23, you are doing something very good.
3: Yeah. And there's there's life in in yeah. this season for Darius Baisley I will say that as far as like a star or a starter or anything like that I'm still very very if I'm I'm actually throwing the star out the window yeah. but this I'm iffy on name. a starter but as a contributing player to a team if they can get him to buy into the correct offensive role because I do think there is a correct and an incorrect offensive role for Darius yeah. Baisley right now. Perhaps he can grow, grow in the off season. Okay. Come back, try it in the preseason, do a little song and dance. If it doesn't work, go back to what you do yeah, well. He
0: doesn't even, he doesn't even have to like, please have a season where you shoot 35% from three, then you can add like prove to me that over the first 40 games, yeah. you can shoot 52, sorry, 58% at the rim and 35% from three. If you do it for 40 games?
3: Yeah. I think it's possible, McKelley. I think it's possible that he can scrap out a career being a role player that is versatile, that can hit hit some threes. He's got the skill set to do it. He's got everything there ready for him to take. He's got even some of the aggression stuff. Like He's shown that he has that. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff. And I know... Like Poku is such a weird one because like he is confident, but like the aggressiveness isn't there. You know Baisley doesn't necessarily shy away from contact. And one thing that Baisley is really good at, and I need to run some filters on this, but I, I gotta let you go um, is he doesn't foul a ton.
0: No, he doesn't. And this is very this is just remarkable because I mean on one on one hand, I think that uh, his one-on one defense when he is at contact with the defender is not great. Uh, It is clearly a point where he has to improve. Um, I'm I'm thinking about post-defense. He's not a guy that will really put the body onto uh, another guy. But he is good at defending in space. Uh, You know, how how to play the passing lanes. I think that this is another step that he has to do as a defender. Like, put your body onto someone. Not be, like, don't allow, don't yield when when a guy pushes you. Like, be stronger there. Because I think that he can be... um, um stronger than, than what he is right now mm-hmm. i think that one thing that they surely will work on him now that he is a little bit better in terms of muscles that he will work on core strength and like those things happen uh, in the mba you start by working on something on something in terms of your physical development then you next year you move on to something else and i think that core strength is something that that basically has to work on. And if he becomes like a okay post-up defender, uh, he will probably foul a little bit more because he will be at contact with the offensive players a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but he will he will do a lot for for him and for the fact that he... If he's able to play the post defensively, then he's able to play the center full-time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, There, there currently isn't a player in the league that has 50 blocks and less than 50 fouls. There's not another player. Like you look at some of these other guys' numbers, like Evan Mobley has 71 blocks and 85 fouls.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, Jaron Jackson has 118 blocks and 175 fouls. Son Whiteside has 55 blocks and 118 fouls. Um, there's yeah, he doesn't not- get
0: over jumpy. Yeah. Basically doesn't. He's not the guy that will just search for blocks. He's good at finding blocks, yeah. good blocks. He's not the guy that will just try, get out of position in order to chase a block. Yeah, And this is probably why. I mean, I, I can see clearly in my head, JJJ, like running for blocks or like getting out of position for blocks. That will lead you to, to, to spend a ton of fouls.
3: The player that's closest is Anthony Davis, who has 64 blocks and 75 fouls. There's nobody else that's close. And he and Baisley's is in the negative where he's got less fouls than blocks. Yeah. I'm going to go down another rabbit trail. I got to let you go. All right. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It's great to be back. Thank you so much for listening and for joining us live on the stream. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.